you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast, an NFL podcast for the players, by the players. Here is your host, 14-year NFL veteran and Hall of Famer, Aeneas Williams. Hello and welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast. I'm Aeneas Williams. The impact of the death of George Floyd has led to protests nationwide and a re-examining of social justice and race relations throughout North America. Today, we have one of the great NFL families who will discuss their experiences and their hopes for a way forward together. With us today is Hardy Nicholson Sr., who played 16 seasons in the NFL with five Pro Bowls and two All-Pro nods at middle linebacker. When we started the Legends community, he was a director of the Pacific region. Also, with us is his son, Hardy Jr., also an inside linebacker who played the last three seasons in Cincinnati and is currently a free agent. And we also have the Hardys of all Hardys, Hardy Nickerson's wife, Amy, who, if you think playing middle linebacker is rough, try doing this. She's a wife, a mother of three, an educator, has a master's degree, and now author of the book, how do you see us? Welcome, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Aeneas. I want to start just by checking in. We're living in tough, uncertain times. How is everyone doing with this COVID-19 pandemic? Thankfully, our family is doing great. We're, we're healthy and we are safe and, you know, haven't had any any kind of 
problems at all. So I'm thankful for that. It's been a little, you know, it's certainly changed our way of living, but but we are healthy. What's the big challenge been with my inside linebackers? Um, I think I think the the biggest challenge for us and 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 uh, and for the household has just been those little things that you rely on every single day that that uh, that you just can't you can't take part in or you just can't do anymore. Uh, like going to the gym, uh, you know, uh, a simple tasks like going to the grocery store is is uh, you know something that that has to be planned out. Um, now, instead of just hopping in the car and driving to the store, getting out, going in the grocery store, picking up what you want, or even browsing, you know, and, and oh, do I want, do I want this orange and filling the orange or cutting <laughs> the avocado or, you know, all those things have changed now, you know, and now it's a process where, you, you know, before you leave home, you make sure you have your rubber gloves, your hand sanitizer, your disinfectant, uh, you know, every little thing is like, wow, I gotta, I gotta make sure I got everything so that I, uh, do the best that I can to keep myself safe. So, um, just those things have been, been, uh, quite a change for us. And, you know, it's been, it's been quite an adjustment. And I would say the pandemic wasn't enough. The impact of George Floyd's death now we have civil unrest in Minneapolis on top of a pandemic. I'm a little used to it and being on the, the the ground floor back in 2014 with Mike Brown and Officer Darren Wilson mm-hmm. uh, tragedy. And now it's almost like being revisited again. So I worked in Ferguson and also doing some of the work with the league on the Players Coalition. I want to start with you, Amy. Mm-hmm. And particularly with your book, you published in 2019, mm-hmm. and the book took on the issues that have now come to the forefront of American discourse just a year later. Take me through the experience of watching the very things you wrote about play out across the entire nation, Amy. Wow. Yes. And it seems like if anybody's familiar with the movie Groundhog Day, from back in, I don't know, the 90s, it, it, it just over and over and over again. And I cannot believe can things continue to happen. Um, you know, and I, I was talking to a friend the other day and I was saying, you know, with respect to just what's happening right now, we weren't finished running for Ahmad Arbery. Mm-hmm. And then George Floyd happened. And then we weren't finished. We just finished burying George Floyd. And, and now we've got Rayshard Brooks in Atlanta at the Wendy's, and so much more. We've got a word of, of a lynching in, in Southern California. It just seems like the powder keg has finally just been unleashed. And I was compiling all these stories, and why I wrote my book was because um, I was always somebody who would take to social media, on Facebook generally, to just kind of share my pain about whatever I saw. And as you mentioned, Aeneas, you know, um, Ferguson and Mike Brown and then Freddie Gray. And then the name, you know, it goes on and on. Actually, back even when Trayvon Martin was killed in, I think, 2012, I just was always a poster and sharing things. And I would always link it to things that happened to us. Now, thankfully, we weren't ever killed or, or arrested even. But the fear that I have from my family from my, my husband, particularly, and my son, my black son, 
and seeing them in all of these people who have been murdered, uh, it, it, it just struck something in me. And so I was always posting and then someone suggested that I, I should write and I did. And it turned into a book. It was supposed to just be an essay, but I had so much to tell that that's what happened. And much of the book has the reader sharing your experiences through your eyes and voice. Why is it so important for Caucasians to understand what it's like being African-American in this country? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much wrote this book for Caucasians uh, and and people who are non-Black only because I find that most Black people, not everybody, but most Black people that I know have similar stories. And we're not unique in that respect. Um, it's unfortunate that we continue to have all these things happen to us. Uh, I mean, I've had witnessed things happen to us that happened to my parents, and they were raised in the Jim Crow South. I felt that we should have been made should have made much more progress and not be seeing this by now. But I wrote it primarily to help our white brothers and sisters really understand that there's a lot of stuff that they do. Um, and maybe unwittingly and sometimes consciously that creates all this stuff. Um, for example, you know, the reason I, I, I call it, how do you see us? If you see the book cover, I have a, a picture of my family and then I have a, a, a picture of black glasses showing distortions of my family, meaning, you know, we are what we are and we're sitting there happy and smiling, but what is seen through these, these lenses is something that is not us. And I feel like that is like a metaphor for what I see happening in society where you could just be walking down the street, minding your own business, but perhaps your black skin elicits a, a negative response. Maybe someone thinks you might be a criminal. Maybe somebody thinks you might be about to take their purse. It's, it's run the gamut with our family with respect to accusations or, or, or people calling the police or things like that. But what we must do is change how we are seen, how we are valued. Um, black lives, <laughs> black lives must matter. Mm. And, and a lot of times when things have happened, like these killings, or, or even if it's not a killing, but it's just an altercation or a disagreement or someone yelling at you in the park, um, we really have to unpack how they're seeing us and what it is they see. And ultimately, we just want people to see themselves in us. My follow-up question, Amy, you stepped on and were willing to step on potential landmines once you decided to share your experiences and your voice on social mm -hmm. media. What gave you the boldness to do it? Because you can also get affirmation, positive feedback, but you can also get people that are downright mean that will respond to your story. Right. And you're right. There are trolls out there. Um, you know, I guess I would just say, Aeneas, my uh, mother was an activist. She came from New Orleans, too, and had been through all kinds of stuff in her day down there. And I was just taught in my family, we got to stand up for what's right. We got to speak up. And, you know, I've gotten into a few dances with people from speaking my truth. But one thing I know is that my truth is my truth. Right. And, you know, what what I attempt to do is not try to beat anybody over the head with it. But I have had people who, you know, whether I don't know, it was one time when I was speaking my truth about how we felt 
about the flag or whatever and what the situation about what I thought wasn't necessarily disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. And then you get maybe people who challenge that. I, I think that's just part of American society where you always have different op- differences of opinion, but it's in how you tackle um, the engagement. And, you know, some people I really did have to block. I <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, I don't like that. Why'd you say that? Whatever. And I don't believe that. I had somebody actually come on one of my posts saying they just didn't believe one of the stories I told because wow. it did sound, I guess to them, sounded so far-fetched, but it was true. I mean, it was something that happened that was racist. <laughs> so I guess what uh, to answer your question, Aeneas, I just, I guess you just say I'm bold and I realize that there probably could be some issues, but you know what? We aren't where we didn't get through the civil rights movement or any other movements with uh, people being shy. So I just want to like speak the truth. Are we now having a national conversations that you try to start with your book? You think? I really think we have begun. I, I, I do think there's more room for, for discussions. Definitely. But I will, I cannot tell you how many uh, uh, white people that I've had writing me and emailing me and posting on posts saying, please, look, look, I hear you. I'm an ally. I, this is just too much. And for, for whatever reason, right now at this moment, there is just, you know, a growing mass of, of people who we need to know that this stuff happens and, 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 and not just to know, but to help us change policies and mm. make it so that things don't continue on. Uh, they're listening. And, and I'm not, now I'm not saying that we're where we at, at the end point, but I do believe we're at a space now where, I mean, I'm looking at the wall, wall street journal. I'm looking at all of the New York times all over the place where people are discussing, hey, woo, the elephant in the room. And I am really pleased about that because we must do it. And Hardy Sr., in the book, there were instances where you faced either police or public scrutiny for regular things like driving, being at a park, to moving into a new house. (laughs) How would you describe those experiences? Almost dehumanizing, you know, because when you read books or magazines, there's always this, this picture of what the American dream is, is supposed to look like or, you know, how you achieve the American dream. And, um, you know, here I was, you know, playing professional football. I recently graduated from University of California, Berkeley, and, you know, just a young man uh, and, and, you know, not harming anybody. Uh, but they're, they're, you know, having a couple instances. Uh, one was um, I was at a mall and I, I had gone in the mall, came out. I bought a couple, you know, maybe a pair of shoes or something. And I was coming out the mall and I walked to my car in the parking lot, was getting in my car. And as I'm backing out, I'm, I noticed this guy standing right in the middle of like where you drive in the parking lot, not moving over to the side, but just right in the middle. He had his hand out, and uh, and so I let my I you know, stopped in front of him and I said, "Hey, hey, is there a problem?" He says, "Hey, is this is this your car?" And I go, "Yeah, it's my car." He goes, "Can I see your driver's license?" And I go, "Wait, who are you?" He goes, "This is a citizen's arrest." What? And I go, 
Yeah, my my reaction was what? <laughs> now, I I was not driving the most expensive car. I, I, I you know, I think I was driving maybe a, a mid-sized BMW at the time, but it wasn't supposed to be my car. And uh that was really disheartening because, you know, who knows? That could have turned into um a Trayvon Martin situation right there, you know, like George Zimmerman trying to uh, perform a citizen's arrest or, st- you know, it, it could have been, it could have been that it's like, wow, man, I'm, I'm, I'm working and, and doing everything that I'm supposed to, you know, not harming anybody, but um, being viewed as man, a, as someone who would, uh, steal a car <laughs> you know so th- those are things that are just disheartening and it just changes the perspective on a lot of things what do you think is the best way for african-american legends to respond to treatment uh, that you experience similar things like that what's the best way to respond i think um you know with one way is to is to write it um, the other way is to is to uh, work in creating awareness in the communities that they live in for people who are not a non uh, uh, not of color. Um, I think I think that helps a ton um, and promoting uh, that that in their communities will not only help you know with those isolated incidences, but it also helps the entire community um, uh, in speaking about those types of these types of incidences. Hardy Jr. Yeah. Now I'm already Amy. You you just in, uh, you've told me the secret now to Hardy Jr. and Hardy Senior playing inside linebacker being tough. Your mom being from New Orleans. So I already know where it came from. Hardy, you married, you outkicked the coverage, my brother. But back to you, Hardy Jr. <laughs> Let's talk about conversations, Hardy Jr. We have in the locker room. There's an openness there, and we seem to address the tough conversations with people who are different than ourselves much more easily in the locker room than we can in the rest of society. Tell us about that, Hardy Jr. Well, I think in the locker room, you have a kind of a, a situation that is rare in America. You have, um, you know, most of the team is majority uh, black or minority um, with, you know, you have your, your white guys, too. But um, they're forced to kind of hear what we have to say about certain things and try to understand why we do certain things, um, why we react certain ways. So it just creates conversation. And when you're playing a team sport, you want to have each other's back. So in that area, when you when you take the helmet off and, and you're in there talking, I think that it, it 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 helps getting through to people, at least to that certain amount of people, so they can go to their families and you know if something is said, I hope that you know our our white teammates are addressing it in their homes and with their other with their family members. Um, Part of that comes down to you have to know your teammate and you have to know what they're going through on a daily basis, 
why you can't say certain things to them, why certain things might be offensive. And in the locker room, you have kind of just a, a free a free area just to say whatever you want to say. Um, and things get addressed a lot. We, we deal with a lot of racial talks and conversations about what's going on in society all the time, just about every day. So it's, it's uh, for, for people who don't play football or who haven't been in a, in a locker room setting, it's unlike anything else in America where you can just, you know, kind of educate people at a face-to-face level. Would you recommend Hardy Jr. that guys before they go and post things live, if they would pass things by teammates that are of different ethnicities, we can end up kind of derailing some of the things we have to go later on and apologize? Did you, you understand what I mean by that? In other words, getting in the locker room, sharing different things, how you see something, which now gives our African-American brothers or our Caucasian brothers, a platform to somebody in the locker room may say, ah, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. In other words, being able to check each other. Does that make sense? Definitely. And it's it's something that unless you are black, you don't know what it's like or what. So you, if you are white and you see something and you want to just say something on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, just your initial reaction I think you do have to ask your brothers, you know, hey, I'm thinking this, uh, is this the right train of thought? Because if you do post or or say something to the media or whoever, um, there can be backlash and there can be, you know, guys, guys not agreeing with you and then divide on the team and just kind of just a, a, a pinball effect to just, um, so it, it's definitely necessary that those conversations are, had before um, any quick reaction to the media or or to a story or to what they what they believe at the time um, is is addressed. Okay, this is such an important issue that we're going to make it a two parter. Stay tuned for part two of our podcast. This has been the NFL Legends Podcast. To provide feedback or request a topic for discussion, email us at nfllegends at nfl.com. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.